Welcome to Everything Life Coaching. I'm John Kim. And I'm Noelle Cordeaux. We are the founders of Journey Coaching. We're super passionate about all things coaching and want to share what we've learned from over a decade of coaching and training over a thousand life coaches. Dive deep into a more meaningful career, find freedom, and make an impact on the world around you. Hey guys, on today's episode, we're going to talk about coaching through grief. Grief is a huge topic and um, coaching is is an important part of going through the, the grieving process. Noelle, good morning. Good morning. Thank you for tackling this topic with me today. Yeah, speaking of grief, um, I feel like I've gone through it already and it's only like 9 a.m. I know, I know. Everyone, John has had a very rough morning, so we're going to create a safe space for him to share his feelings about dishwashers. Yes, all the all the um, all the things that life throws at you at one time. So let's talk about grief and um, coaching through through grief. Oh, absolutely. And you know the the setup that I want to give to this conversation is that um, a lot of times when we think about grief, it tends to be associated with a very specific loss of of death. Um, but grief is a really complex and multifaceted human experience that encompasses so much more than life and death. It encompasses all of the different flavors of loss in general. And so that's the lens we're going to be peering into in order right. to examine this work. Yeah. And I love that you said it's, 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 it's a loss, right? So like um, in, in my situation, uh, obviously no one passed this morning, but the loss of time, <laughs> Me the loss of over time. The, yeah. And so it could be any kind of loss, right? It's not just death. Yeah. And, and I'm really glad you brought that up because one of the concepts that we're going to examine is the idea of a lost possible self. Mm. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So when we were checking in this morning and you were talking about the fact that, you know, life has changed, you're juggling um, childcare, your child's needs, um, working with a partner, your job, uh, yeah. maintaining a household. Um, there is a self uh, that you once inhabited that is no longer with us. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the, um, the John Kim that was uh, completely free without responsibilities. I mean, other than, you know, just uh, work stuff um, that would, you know, eat donuts and ride his motorcycle all around K-Town, that person is gone. And now there is, you know, everything has to be on a Google calendar and there's mouths to feed and mortgages to pay and all that. And so, yeah, so that old part of me is gone. And I, I, I could definitely be a uh, going through a grieving process. Absolutely. And, you know, the pandemic is real and every single one of us has experienced through this time, some measure of loss and grief. And it may have been a person that you lost. It may have been a job. It may have been an aspect of your identity or even aspects of connection. Um, so grief is heavy right now, yeah. contextually for everyone. And we can honor all of the different parts of ourselves and, and hold them equally and not minimize and say one person's loss is stronger or greater than another because it is so subjective. Right, right. So where do you want to enter when it comes to coaching people through grief? 
Well, I think the fact that uh, this experience is universal mm-hmm. is is something that's important to acknowledge. And there are a couple of theorists that I really like. Um, Elaine Houston is one whose work we're going to look at today. The concept of the uh, lost possible self comes from Caroline Miller. And then Kristen Neff, her work in self-compassion really centers on uh, understanding that humans are inherently connected through suffering and that when we're looking to find compassion for ourselves in moments of pain it is sometimes comforting to say oh my gosh every other person in the world that i can look into their face and their eyes has had a similar experience right yeah absolutely i think there's you know grief is one of those things where um it connects us on a human level because it's just part of life like there's there's no one who hasn't gone through uh, some form of grieving process Yeah. 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 And so, you know, then that begs the question, how do we deal with this in coaching? Because a lot of times um, therapy is the the most appropriate modality for deep grief, for deep loss, for deep anguish. Um, But coaching does hold a place for the ritualistic aspect of moving past those depths. Yes. And I think one of the mis- misconceptions about coaching is that, you know, when you're talking about something heavy and deep like grief or, or trauma or things that may fall under the um, umbrella of, of, of therapy or therapeutic, that as coaches, um, we can't handle that. And that's not true. We just have a different angle on that on that topic. Spot on. So the ritualistic tenants that we're looking at are the future focus, the art of Mm -hmm. letting go, the concept of self-transformation. And specifically what we're going to work on today is looking at the applied positive psychology lens of the role of honoring. Mm. I I, I love that um, idea of honoring that to me, when I hear that word, I feel like um, that is forward driven. That is, there's acceptance in that word honoring. Yes. Yeah. And very specifically from a psychodynamic perspective, when we take time to reflect and honor, it plays a significant role in developing the muscle of emotional acceptance. So the way this works is that rather than dwelling on stories of loss and despair, um, which are important, bring those to therapy folks, um, honoring and reflecting through coaching offers a meaningful and tangible route to transitioning out of the depths of anguish and then into a more stable path of existence through the preservation of memories. So can you give us uh, an example, or we could just do what we usually do. If I was to use my example of um, me grieving the loss of my old self or my old life, um, what would honoring look like with me today? Sure. I think we can do both. And I think they, they fit really beautifully in tandem. So when I first learned about this work and when I first started doing it from a coaching and an applied positive, uh, po- applied positive psychology perspective, one of the aspects of my own existence that I was coached through was a period of time after my divorce Uh, before my PhD, before Journey, where I was grieving uh, the loss of my identity as a mother. Mm. That there was a period of time after I got divorced, I got divorced when I was 29, that I 
I really came to terms with the fact that I had always thought I was going to have a lot of kids and that that probably given the the different life paths that I was actively choosing wasn't going to happen. Yeah. You know, what's interesting about this is um, you were grieving an idea, you know what I'm saying? So it's not even like, cause you weren't a mom, but the idea of being a mom and possibly something that you, you saw yourself uh, being and, and uh, that was a, uh, possibly going to be a big part of your life the idea of that, once you realized maybe it wasn't going to happen, um, there's loss in that. So that's really interesting to me that even if it's not a thing that actually has happened, but it's an idea of something that could have or should have happened. Absolutely. And let's really flesh it out because because this is a great example of the kind of discovery that you would do in a coaching conversation like that. So everyone noticed that John led with his natural curiosity, that from your perspective, you know, that was that was an idea that I held. So the way in for coaching is to lead with that natural curiosity and the way out for a client is the sharing of stories that help give meaning and loss um, to remember that they're not alone and that you know you can you can share these stories, this identity, you know, whatever it is with someone else. So I can flush this out a little bit for you. Mm-hmm. Um, at the time that I was grieving this loss, um, my ex-husband and I were building a house and wow. that house had a nursery in it. And that house had a kitchen and a huge backyard and a dog run. And the property was situated right next to a tomato farm. And I had spent a lot of time visualizing my life as a mother, where the children would play, that I would be able to take my kids to a farm every day, that we could pick fresh vegetables. And so beyond an idea, that was a really formed aspect of my existence that truly went up in smoke. Yeah. And I also never knew this about you, um, but the idea that you had was uh, literally being built in front of your eyes. So the dog Mm -hmm. run, the, you know, nursery. And so that definitely makes it more powerful. Absolutely. And then you've really had the opposite experience of the, the- <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> not, not not even thinking about kids or wanting kids. And then it was like the, uh, you know, um, just being delivered at my door one day. Mm-hmm. And so you kind of got tossed into um, the existence that I was really craving. Yeah. Isn't that funny? Because that's just, it's such a, um, that's just how life works. That's like a, a, a strange rule of life that uh, um, it's, it's usually the opposite in how things unfold. Yeah. So, you know, what do we need to know is that when we're working in this way with clients, it's extremely personal and we really have to make sure to create space for clients to tell their stories, because just Mm -hmm. as that's something that you'd never knew about me, if you didn't take the time to hear the story, you'd be missing a lot of the information and might be rolling with an assumption that, oh, this was just an idea that I carried around, but no, this was really a, a massive, you know, part of my life. Um, other things that we have to know is that we all have in common the certainty of loss and the pain that accompanies loss, um, whether it was John's morning dealing with his child in a dishwasher, or whether it was, you know, my experience with selling the house that I was going to raise children in, um, 
that pain is a physical weight. It is a physical sensation and it's real. And so when we're working in this way, it's important to give spaciousness to the coaching session and to be as heart centered and as heart open as we can, because there is no right or wrong way to grieve and remembering, reminiscing and honoring can help us make sense of things. Yeah. Not minimizing. Mm -hmm. Not minimizing. Yeah. So there's a couple there's two processes here. So the first one comes from Elaine Houston, and it is a narrative exercise of, of walking through the past self or the loss in a very strategic way. And then the second one is, is the lost possible self exercise that comes from Caroline Miller. So let's start with Elaine's work. Um, and, and John, we can use you as an example for this one, if you like. Okay, let's do it. All right. So when we're rolling through this, we want our client to take as much time as we need to think about the following questions and write their responses. Your client does not have to share their responses with you because they are so personal. So if your client wants to share, cool. If not, that is private. It's for your client. So mm -hmm. we want to prompt our clients to name the loss. So John, what has it been for you? Let's name the loss. I think the loss for me would be um, um, when I didn't have as much responsibility when I was um, quote unquote single, not a father and, and able to, um, you know, uh, go to bed whenever I wanted, <laughs> not change diapers, you know, all that stuff. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So the next question, we're going to ask for three words um, that describe, you know, whatever it is. So this could be, in John's case, it's an identity. Uh, it could also be the loss of a relationship, the loss of somebody who you love, like an actual death, or it could be the end of a chapter in mm -hmm. life. So for yeah. example, uh, when I chose Journey over my PhD, I had to grieve the fact that I wasn't going to become a doctor, right? I, right. Gave up kids, gave up PhD, and here I am. Um, so what three words would you define your situation as an identity or a chapter? Ooh, I think it's uh, both. I, I think identity for sure. Um, taking on the identity of being a father, letting go the ident identity of, um, I don't know what the word is, but uh, you know, someone who's not a parent. Um, and then also a, a brand new chapter, you know, um, in my situation, when you become a parent, it's not uh, reversible. It's, it's, uh, it's only forward. So um, it's never going to be, you can't go back, you know, so it's, it's, uh, I think it's more than a chapter. It's, a, it's, a, it's an act break in your story. Would you say that um, the single years might be a good way to describe what we're talking about? Yes. Yes. Um, okay. lo losing the single years. And that's just losing. That's, right. And it's not just referring to like, um, you know, being in a relationship with the intimate person, but just in general, losing the, the single years, the yep. nomadic wandering John. <laughs> awesome. So there we have, we've named the loss, you know, the loss of the single years. Um, now next up, what are three words that describe your single years? Oh, free um god i would say uh free um i would say excitement and um when i say free i would say freedom excitement and um 
What's the opposite word of responsibility? <laughs> Irresponsibility? <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> yeah, and many can many can agree that that definitely was me. Um, but but yes, um, irre- irresponsibility, but without the label or judgment of me being, you know, um, irresponsible. <laughs> no, and, and and you know, less responsibility. So, so well, no, I think this is super important because. Um, as your friend, as your, as one of your former roommates during the mm-hmm. single years, yep. um, you know, if the word irresponsibility to you does not hold shame, it does not hold shame. Right. And, you know, I could lovingly apply that to you in those years. And you'd be like, yeah. <laughs> right. Right. So, you know, we, we don't need to edit our own language because whatever comes up, comes up. All right. So irresponsibility, freedom, and uh, excitement. Yep. Okay. So if we're honoring, you know, how does it feel to, to sit with those three words and say, damn, I had fun. Yeah. It feels like um, looking at a yearbook and remembering, you know, the, the good times, like reflecting back on a, the, the summer camp where you had some great experiences, you know, and yeah. Awesome. So what advice from those years or quotes or sayings do you remember? What advice, uh, quote sayings you mean from other people? Or from yourself. I mean, I can just, from the time that we mm. were roommates, I can think of a bunch. I, I would, uh, I would say, um, grateful um that you could design a life this way um it wasn't that far back from my single years that i was you know um working in um uh, treatment centers i didn't believe in and punching a clock and all that so uh just getting to a place in my life where i felt um oh this is this is great i'm feeling excitement i'm feeling joy um and i could kind of run around the city and 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 um, design a life that 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 is just free so yeah a quote that I remember is um, everyone will adjust. Mm, yeah, be yourself and everyone will adjust. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, so I, I think at that point in my life, I was just getting used to this idea of be you, work in a way that's honest to you. You're going to get pushed back all, all around and then um, being strong enough to just accept that people will adjust instead of me folding and adjusting to other people. So I was just kind of approaching that. Yeah, so given, you know, given that learning, given that uh, foundation that you built, what do you love the most or appreciate the most about this chapter in your life and this part of your identity? The, um, the single or the one now as a father? The single. Not having, I, I grew up with uh, uh, brick and mortar businesses and always having to be somewhere uh, for a certain amount of hours um, to work in the family business. So finally being free and not having to um, be held down. That was always mm. the, yeah, that was the value for me. That's a huge one. So, you know, to, to, to wrap it up for, from the interview process, of really kind of thinking about this in narrative fashion. And again, with your clients, you would encourage them to really sit down and journal these Mm -hmm. things. Mm -hmm. Um, There are two questions here. Uh, What skills or life lessons are you pulling forward into the future? And how did this chapter help you become the person that you are today? Mm. I I, I think I had to experience that 
you know, I had to climb that mountain and, and know that it exists to then move forward and say, okay, now I want some more structure, stability, <laughs> responsibilities, you know. Absolutely. So it, it gave you um, insight into a way that you could build differently moving forward. Yeah. And if I didn't experience that, I wonder if um, I would always crave that because I hadn't experienced it, you know, and that would affect my day to day today. It might. It might. Awesome. So, so that was, that was the interview. That was the narrative interview process. And next we're going to move on to Caroline Miller's technique. And this is really where we, we bring it home. So we've just taken the time with John as the client to really walk through and process um, the impacts, the gifts, the good times from this chapter and this identity and hold it up as a stepping stone that led to the next threshold and chapter in life. So mm-hmm. having just gone through that, John, how do you feel right now? You know, I feel grateful I because I don't feel like I want to go back. I feel like there's an evolution. And I think this is part of the grieving process is not necessarily wanting to, you know, jump into a time machine and live somewhere in the past, but this whole idea of acceptance, like, I feel like, oh, I lived that, that was great at that time. And now, uh, because of that experience, now I'm ready for what is new, which is what I'm going through now. Yeah, awesome. So when we bring this up to the next phase in the process and, and really close it out with the client, it, it comes down to the work of coaching, which is moving our client towards a desired goal state. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, in this scenario, given that things have changed, given that your life has shifted, John, what are your goals for your lived experience now? How do you want to feel? Um, I want to feel some of those same feelings, but poured into um, this new life with structure, responsibility, and raising a daughter and, you know, um, being, being kind of pulled in, in many directions and being open about it. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that we know from goal setting theory is that when we have competing goals on the table, it's very hard to accomplish the one that is central or most important right now. So Mm. if we're thinking about your situation, um, if we did not take the time to honor and resolve the single years, it could become a competing goal. It could become um, an aspect of your identity that keeps yanking your attention away from what's in front of you. Yeah, this is the same thing happens. Uh, This is the same thing uh, that happens when you play back old relationships and instead of honoring, um, kind of living there and wanting them back, which is dangerous. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. So to bring this into the fore in the space of coaching is to really help your clients square with that acknowledgement that life needs to move on. Mm -hmm. And part of that process is acknowledging that, Hey, um, there is a lost possible self here. There is a lost identity. There is um, you have a child. Now you're never going to go back to being the single years, John, um, in a very real and concrete way. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so it's important to, um, close that chapter. And so the, the exercise is to write a letter to your past self and to really honor the past version of you to tell the younger years, John, how awesome 
life is now and what joy and mystery you've been able to find in raising a child and how the comfort and stability of home, while hectic sometimes, feels really good in ways that you've not been able to imagine previously. Yeah, I love the idea of honoring, respecting, thanking um, parts of your story as if Mm -hmm. that part of your story is a person. That's really powerful. Uh, Yes, and then making sure that we're bringing that part of our identity along with us. We're not shutting out the single years, John, and saying, you know, you, you don't get to come and play anymore. We're saying you do get to come and play, but we're, we're doing things differently. And here are all of the things that you can look forward to. Right, right. Yep. And so once we complete that process of, of writing the letter, um, Caroline Miller recommends literally burning or washing it away to ritualize significantly uh, Mm. the fact that there has been a chapter closed and there is now a chapter open. I love that. I'm going to tie that letter. I'm going to print that letter out, tie it to the back of the antenna of my motorcycle and write it to the gym and it will, it will, it will uh, um, float into the sky as I write. That will be my dissolving of that letter. (laughs) That was, that was amazingly dramatic. And then you tacked on to the gym and I was like, oh, John. Oh, yeah. I, I, I meant, I meant, I, I meant to the ocean. I meant to the ocean while, while the sun is setting, the letter is waving behind me and then slowly falls off the antenna and floats into the sky. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. As the sun sets. You. Yeah. I, I love you so much. And this is a great example of, of, of know thyself. John isn't riding to the ocean, guys. He's riding to the gym. Yeah, like. <laughs> that is true. Nothing has changed. <laughs> People change not that much. All right. So we're, this was the process. How was it for you? Yeah, I think it's great. And, you know, um, I, I also want to remind uh, uh, anyone listening that grief is a giant net, meaning um, it's not just about someone dying. I mean, grief can be applied to um, so many parts of your life. And even, you know, in today's discussion, um, the old parts of myself, you know, becoming a dad, there's grief in that. So uh, the, the good thing about coaching in um, grief is that it's so wide and you can, you can help so many people. Um, and it's not just about someone losing, uh, you know, someone to death. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you for being my partner with us today. And as always, if you'd like to join in these deep and wonderful, rich conversations, come see us at Journey Coaching. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Thanks for listening to Everything Life Coaching. If you're feeling the draw to become a coach, head to journey.co slash everything to explore a new career that brings fulfillment, gives you a true sense of purpose, and a strong community to do it in. We created Journey Coaching to equip you with the tools, training, and community you need to attain your goals. Join Journey Coaching and begin your journey towards personal freedom and a transformative state of growth today. That's J-R-N-I dot C-O slash everything.